This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Listen to Live Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV for all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels for the latest updates and news Come on, you foxes! How the devil are you, as my little friend here would say. Um, 
a lot of matches coming up, but we're going to be talking about the one at the weekend. I don't know about um, Sleigh Ride. We should have been playing Let It Snow, Let It Snow, shouldn't we? <laughs> it was uh, getting us right in the Christmas mood. This is Leicester Till I Die, and we're going to be looking back at um, the Leicester-Watford game with Mike from um, the Voices of the Vic podcast, and uh, we'll bring him in. This is Leicester Till I Die. This is where you can watch us and where you can listen to us as well. <laughs> on your favourite podcast platform or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow and join in now. It is, and I tell you what, it's going to be really nice to speak to Mike. <laughs> a, because in fairness, and I'm sorry to say this, Mike, we won, uh, which has been a couple of games since then, so doing these haven't been as nice. Um, but B, of course, it is the return, if I just dunk my head there, of Cling Claudio. And we're going to be asking Mike what his thoughts on uh, on Mr Ranieri are. Is he the man for Watford? And if he is, how long is he going to be the man for? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the main event of the evening. 60 minutes of football fun and banter with Chris and Lester Till I Die TV. Are you ready? Ready? Let's get ready to rumble. Mike, good evening. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, shame I'm not on here to talk about a win, as you said. <laughs> but no, thank you very much for having me. Really do appreciate no, no. it. Thank you very much for coming on. And like I say, I feel your pain because the last <laughs> two of these, we did Arsenal and Chelsea. Uh, we've not, they've not been the most fun to do. Um, yeah, tell us, tell us about yourself. What, tell us about where, where people can find you and, um, and, and listen and watch and whatever with you. Yeah, so we're on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, anywhere you get your podcasts, really. Uh, it's at Voices of the Vic on Twitter and Instagram, uh, and it's just simply Voices of the Vic on uh, Spotify and everywhere else and, and Facebook. Uh, and I've I've supported Watford now for, gosh, 20-odd um, years. As you can tell from this accent, I'm not originally from <laughs> Watford. Uh, I am born in Birmingham. Uh, my old man was born in Watford, hence why I, uh, I follow him. Uh, but I'm actually living at the moment on the border of Nottinghamshire and Leicestershire. So I had a, a few Leicester City fans who are friends message me after the game. And, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a bit I wanted to take, Chris. Ex-friends, do you mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, well, I, I, well, I can't say I'm actually. Obviously, I'm a Leicester fan. Uh, I live actually on the south coast, just outside Bournemouth. My, well, my kids were born in uh, in Burnley, where I lived for twenty odd years. And I said, I don't mind who you support. You can support Burnley if you sort of really want to, because you're born there, and all your mates will be supporting Burnley. I said, or you can support Leicester because your dad does. But you're not supporting Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal, or any of them just because they're always on the TV. But uh, I mean, did you get a chance? Obviously, with your with your living settlers, did you get a chance to go on Saturday or uh, Sunday? Uh, sorry, I didn't know. I um, I play football on a on a Sunday, and because yeah. of the weather uh, around here, I thought it might be called off. 
which if that was the case, I was going to make the last minute dash over to to Leicester. Yeah. But unfortunately, uh, well, unfortunately or fortunately, I don't know what you'd say, but um, I, I didn't get a chance to go down to the King Power. But we don't tend to win much at your place. I think I was actually at the last game that we won at your place when uh, Chalabas scored that rocket the season that we played each other in the playoffs, 12-13 season. So uh, it's not it's not the best ground for us Watford fans, but not and local for me. <laughs> I thought you were going to say then, and I would have allowed it you, that you, you were there when you beat us in the playoff. Uh, I was there. <laughs> I was at the <laughs> games. Yeah, I was well, at, the, was at the one at the King Power, and uh, yeah. yeah, I was at the uh, the one at the Vicarage Road as well. That was, I mean, just to quickly touch on that, in a way, it almost did us a favour. Yeah. Oh, we went on yeah. from that. We, we kept hold of Nigel Pearson, and, and next year we absolutely stormed the division, but I was watching it with my two sons and we were trying, yeah, it's a penalty, it's a penalty. And I always blame my eldest for this because he turned to me and he went, yeah, but he's got to score it yet, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he, no, he you, got adopted that day. <laughs> you boys absolutely stormed the league the next season. I, I went to the, yeah. uh, we were the early game the, the next season and um, you boys just ran a mark and I knew that knockout was going to score in the end where he missed yeah. that penalty. It was just the, the stars were aligned for it to happen. Exactly. But you, yes. you boys were incredible that next season and, and Pearson done a great job and Unfortunately, yeah. he couldn't quite do the same job with us, but I, I liked him. I liked him. Now, that's really weird. And, you know, well, wait, let, let's talk about now. First of all, just say hi to Jason. How are you doing? Uh, and Static, good evening, sir. How the devil are you? Um, I mean, I must admit, when you got, because you got Pearson and Shakespeare, didn't you? They came they came together. And obviously, that they were the ones that, you know, got us up, had us that great season, did the great escape with us. And I thought they were going to do it with you as well. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm, I must say as well, it sounds like Shakespeare behind the scenes. He's a massive, massive part of, of Nigel Pearson's oh, way of working. And yeah. he, he's a he's a big character. And um, he obviously he's been working with Dean Smith. Dean Smith then lost yeah. his job at Aston Villa. And it was rumoured that we were going to get Shakespeare back before Smith was appointed at Norwich. And I would have welcomed right. that with open arms. But I don't know if there... I, I think I read somewhere there was perhaps a rift between Ranieri and, and Shakespeare. I, I don't know. I didn't completely Ranieri read it. Or uh, Ranieri and uh, oh, Shakespeare. Because right. I think they worked together very briefly. It was very... Yeah, it was very strange. Because we'd obviously won the league. And Ranieri had come in... Uh, we'd sacked Pearson uh, because of off-the-field activities. I mean, basically, his yes. son in Thailand. And it was really weird because he went, Ranieri came in. He brought his own backroom staff in. but And it was it was a brilliant decision. He kept Shakespeare and a couple of other backroom staff as well. So there was quite a smooth takeover, you know, the fact that Shakespeare knew all the players and could advise him. But then, of course, we had all the rumours about, oh, you know, the players are against Ryan in the second season. And this, I'm going to ask you this in a second, because mm. when we'd got Ranieri, I was actually one of the ones that said, great signing. You know, if he, he hadn't actually at that point won a title, but he'd won cups, got teams into second, third and what have you. Said, if you can do that for Leicester, I'd be more than happy. Um, and then somebody said, but he only ever does it for like a first couple of seasons. And then it always tails off, um, yeah. which was obviously very true. The next season, we were flirting with relegation. Like I said, there was a lot of rumours about whether, you know, Ranieri had lost the 
dressing room and uh, and Shakespeare replaced Nigel Pierce um Ranieri yeah so you can read maybe read read two and two and get sort of four and a half out of that maybe but Shakespeare did all right when he first got in but again yeah. he's a good number two and I don't think he's quite ready for the number one you know some no. people they know their uh they know the, as, as Jason says here top goat shaky and I would I would have him back at the drop of a hat definitely yeah. as number two uh Brad good evening Brad how the devil are you sir um but yeah, so so you know what happened. I mean, Nigel Pearson, he came in for you a couple of seasons ago. You're doing really, really well, and then suddenly he left. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's all hearsay, but they reckon there was a bit of a, a rift between him and the players after the West Ham game. So obviously, it was hard for the football. Well, can you say hard because they they paid the the money they are. They should really be able to play in any condition, but it was tough yeah. for the players because when Project Restarts Restart started. Um, after COVID, our first game back was against your, uh, your lot, uh, of course, uh, the 1-1. Yeah. Um, but we had a massive, massive game against West Ham, who also that season were relegation candidates. And yeah. that was a game that we had to look at because we had Man City up the game after. And then we finished with Arsenal on the last day of the season. So West Ham was really the one before those two tough games where we really needed to be looking at getting three points um one point at the absolute worst uh, and we just fell apart we lost 3-0 um mm. Messina was brought off at half time um there's rumors that there was a bit of a punch up between Pearson and Messina but actually that's you know alleged that's nothing confirmed Allegedly. with that yes. yeah. yeah um but it I I don't know what it is um I, I felt really sorry for Pearson because when he first come in um I, I had my hands up here when he first come in I wasn't happy I thought mm -hmm. I, I I thought yeah he's done it with Leicester and and, and whatnot but I just didn't think he had what it took because we were in a real bad rut we hadn't I think it mm -hmm. took us till almost half the season I can't remember exactly to pick up our first win so we were really behind the rest of the pack so I just thought that Pearson wasn't the guy to do it um, and then he proved us wrong you know we had a brilliant win against Manchester United at home uh, we had the brilliant win against uh, Liverpool at home but we were losing silly points and the game that killed us we lost to Aston Villa 2-1 in the last minute and uh, I was at that game and it was heart-wrenched. It was absolutely horrible to be at. They scored in the 90th minute and we lost. And again, another rele relegation candidate. So whether his tactics just weren't up for it when, when they were going to be scrappy games, which I would have thought Nigel Pearson would have, you know, he, he's done it yeah. before, got teams out of relegation battle before. So, yeah, really got it for Pearson because he, he it's not quite worked out for him and it's not, exactly going to plan for him at Bristol City at the moment. So, um, no, I he think has, he's, he's off ill, isn't he, at the moment? Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's caught yeah. COVID twice, if memory serves yeah. me correct. So, really, yeah. really unlucky. And obviously, that's not helping him. But uh, I, I did like Pearson. I, I thought he'd give mm. his best for us. And I think there's still a few Watford fans that felt a bit, you know, hard done by that he was sacked, right, to be yeah. honest. So, yeah, yeah I'm gutted. Um, I was gutted for him when he left. Rennie, I, I am well. How the devil are you? Uh, Facebook user, uh, Nigel is like Marmite. <laughs> Marmite. Yes, he is. You did love him or hate him. Uh, I thought he was a great manager. Um, 
Brad says here, I just don't get how you sack a manager that gets you out the bottom three with one game to go. It, it, it's weird decisions that, that are made. I mean, I know with, um, with, with there's two sides to Nigel Pearson. I mean, you know, a lot of fans meet him outside after the games and what have you. And I met him when he was at Bournemouth, but he came into us. He did a, he, he came in when we, he kept Southampton up in the second tier, came mm. to us in the third tier, got us straight back up after one season, which is no mean feat. Feet, sorry, and then he walked out on us. Well, allegedly, I uh, went to Hull. We got him back in. I mean, and the rest of the say were history. But I know, had he not done what he'd done, um, then we wouldn't have won the the Premier League the following season. But I do wonder if he's a bit like. And I always said with Nigel Clough, uh, Nigel Clough was brilliant when he had Peter Taylor with him. Mm. As soon as he didn't have Peter Taylor with him, he wasn't half the manager. And I think yeah. it's the same with Nigel and Shaky because they've, they've been all you know, they've been all round uh, together. And I think that was the 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 thing. I think he'd have probably kept you up because he had done it with Leicester. You know, we were bottom longer than any other team that survived, and we survived with a game or so to go. Um, but. I've got to say, I mean, I know you're owned by Italians, and I know the Italians yeah. do this a lot. They do change the managers of the club. But is it frustrating for you? Because you're just um, not getting any consistency, are you? Uh, for me personally, no. Uh, and I think, uh, and I don't mean this to sound disrespectful to any other fan other than Watford fans, but I think you have to have an understanding of how the Pozzos work uh, to yeah, understand yeah. the ruthlessness. Um, we... I would arguably say the only time it's not worked was that season that we went down. We've done it every other season and it's worked for us. So we right. sacked Javi Gracia, who led us to our best Premier League finish. Um, and he led us to an FA Cup final. Admittedly, we got absolutely spanked in the final by Man City, but it was still a great day, you know. It was Man City, wasn't it? Exactly. You know, they, they, they're a class above. So, um he lost his job the next season. Uh, there was rumours that the, the players were kicking up a fuss because of bonuses that weren't paid, etc. As you know, right. all the hearsay that goes on in the background. But um, yeah, the, the decision to bring Kike Sanchez-Flores back in in 2019-20 uh, season uh, was a terrible decision. Like When he was first with Watford, uh, it was the unknown. Nobody knew what, how his football was going to be. Um, yeah. You know, like the Pozzos do, they find these managers that might not be a bigger name to everyone else, but they'll keep a close eye on them. And I think, OK, he's a good fit. He could be a good fit. So yeah. Sanchez Flores, first time round, superb. Yeah, we tailed off towards the end of the season, the first year that we come up in 15, 16. Um, but the decision to bring him back, I think that's the only one that I really grumble with. Um, I think. Obviously, bringing Sanchez Flores back, as I say, was a wrong decision. Um, sacking Nigel Pearson, should he have been given a little bit longer? I, I, it's tough to say because after that West Ham game, we only had two games left, if memory serves me correct, uh, and that was against Man City and Arsenal. Would he have got us points against them? It's tough to say because obviously he wasn't there and it would be yeah. unfair of me to say. Um, but other than that, I, I really don't mind it. It, it. it works. You know, we... We sacked the manager uh, last season, 
and we were in the playoffs and many football fans yeah. looked at it and thought, Watford are in the playoffs. Why are they sacking the manager? It was clear for us Watford fans to see that something just wasn't right behind the scenes um, and mm. the decision paid off because we got promoted in the end. And the way we were heading under Vladimirovic last season, we'd have been lucky to scrape the playoffs, let alone go up automatically like we did under Sip, uh, Shisko, yeah. Sisko Munaf. So um, I don't mind it. Like I say, the only grumble I had was that season that we went down. Other than that, I, it works. And I think you pointed it out there, Chris, before. Mm. It's the Italian way. Claudio Ranieri yeah. was pressed on it when he first joined the club. What do you think of Watford sacking the managers and having as mm. many managers as they do? And he said, in Italy, this is normal. And yeah, mm. we're not in Italy, but our, our owners, you know, that that's what they, they live and breathe. They, that's, you know, that's yeah. where they're from, etc. So I've not got a problem with it. Uh, on the whole, I, I think it works. Um, yeah. And I, it works I think going Chelsea, forward, it? <laughs> well, this is it. I think going forward, you'll actually see a lot more teams do it. I, I think mm. the, the the ruthlessness and the competitiveness of of, of football nowadays, the, the people are going to do it. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see. I mean. Um, I think Nottingham Forest have had the same amount of managers in the time scale that we have. They've possibly had more. Um, yeah. I think Manchester United, they've had quite a few managers since Alex Ferguson left. It, it, it's all, it's only because um, it keeps getting brought up when we do it. it there are clubs that have similar records to us. So yeah. uh, it, it's it's becoming quite the norm, I think, in this day and age. Uh, there's a question from a Burnley fan, and I'll come back to that later. So I haven't forgotten you, Dan. Uh, I think this is uh, somebody you might know. Um, tell ah. Mike he's not a real Elton John fan. <laughs> yeah. He's not You're a rocket man, aren't you? Is, yeah. he still, is he still involved in the club? Uh, he's the honorary life president. Uh, so he's oh, right. actually doing his farewell tour next year. Uh, and yeah. he's finishing off with two shows uh, at Vicarage Road. So, um, yeah, right, that's right. brilliant news okay. for us. So, going back to, to, to sort of your manager, I think what surprised us was, I think when you sacked Sisko, I can never pronounce yeah. these. Your names. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when, when you, you, I think you were one place below us and only something like a point worse off than us. I think it was the speed at which you did it this year. Uh, I, I think it, it, it was the right decision. Um, I think it was the right time as well. Uh, yes, this uh, again, this is what frustrates us as Watford fans. Uh, they look at us in the table and think, well, hang on a minute, they're not in a relegation zone. Why are they kicking mm. off? What are they expecting? But the, the way that we were heading, the performances under Cisco Munath, um, he was doing his coaching badges whilst the, the Premier League had granted special access for him to manage in the Premier League whilst doing them because he didn't actually have the specific right. qualifications or, or whatever you call it to mm. manage in the Premier League. So he'd been granted special access. So um, we we did perhaps worry that he would be a little bit out of his depth, you know, when, when, when he got yeah. promoted last season. We thought we'll give him a chance because he's gotten us promoted. He's, you know... Um, he, he's gone against what many Watford fans thought he'd be able to do. So we thought we'll give him a chance. But the, the performances, there, there was just no plan. I, I don't get to go to many games because uh, I manage a, an open age team myself on a, on a Saturday. Yeah. So it clashes. But yeah. uh, I've been to, I went to Leeds away, which was ultimately his last game. Uh, and mm -hmm. Leeds were, I don't think they'd won when we played them. Uh, and they're not having the best season so far. But um, 
there was just no plan. Like, it was as if he'd put that team out and he says, just try and win the game, just do what you can. Yeah. There was no plan, there was no style to anything we were trying to do. Newcastle, we drew with them at home. Um, arguably, you'd be looking at trying to pick up three points there. I think yeah. um, Troy Deeney uh, Troy Deeney used to say before, with teams like us, we have to create our own mini leagues. We're not going to be able to compete with the likes of Chelsea. If we get you know points against them, then brilliant, yeah. But we have to have our own mini leagues, the likes of Burnley, Leeds, Newcastle, Norwich, and you have to win those games. So to draw with Newcastle at home, if it wasn't for Ben Foster, they'd have battered us. We'd have lost that game. And again, there was no style, no substance to how we were playing. So yeah, it shocked many because they saw where we were in the table, etc. But trust me, if we'd have carried on, we, we'd have been on a very slippery slope. We wouldn't, I, I don't like saying this because he's obviously not had the, time, the chance to, to prove himself, but I don't think we'd have won any of the games that we have since Ranieri's took over. Granted, it's only been two that we have won yeah. under him, but I don't think we would have been able to have won those two games under Cisco Munoz the way that he was playing. So, again, the right decision for me, but... You know, I, I get to, you know, we as Watford fans and content creators, you sort of keep an eye on the pulse, see what's going yes. on. Yeah. Uh, so, it, you know, for fans outside of the club, yeah, you, you probably would be thinking, why on earth have they sacked him? Can I just say, do do, do Watford fans drink a lot? Hmm. <laughs> I wasn't tied with you just doing that then. That was... <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Uh, no, I, mean, I, mean... I was just wondering, because with, with, with this prediction... <laughs> I think you just yeah. might be. So you know. the fellow that's behind that account is the third member on our podcast. He's called James, oh, right. and he's got his own one. And James is known for uh, he's he's not wrong with that comment as well. Unfortunately, uh, Watford <laughs> Watford lead me to that, but uh, he's yeah. known for his outlandish predictions. And the one week he never gave one was when we beat Manchester United four one. That that's one week he didn't give an outlandish prediction, and then we go and beat Man United four one. So well, I, I I thought we'd done really well to beat Man United four two, and then you went and did it. So you know, yeah. maybe that uh, maybe we got them at a good time. But before I just come on to Claudia, just a very quick question here from Dan Turf House TV, great channel. Go over there, guys, if anybody's watching, and give him a sub. Um, as a Burnley fan and knowing what he's like as a gaffer, do you wish you had kept Dyche on? Uh, obviously, the Pokes' head had their own idea, but it's been a merry-go-round merry since then. Yeah, I felt I felt so bad for Daishi when when he committed well when he got relieved of his duties. But it was always going to happen, you know. You you hear of these um, takeovers happen, and they have their own vision. Um, yeah. Look at Brentford, for example. Um, look at Newcastle more recently. Um, you know yeah. they're, they're bringing their own people in, and you know they've got a vision of how they want their football club to run. So um, I, I was gutted for Dorsey because he'd actually led us to our highest finish in the table for for some years, and uh, I'm sure he will. The, the fellow that posed the question will know how how well Dorsey's at, at grinding out results. I know Burnley are down there at the moment, but. I don't for one minute think they'll stay down there because he's just got a knack of of getting results and getting performances out of players. Yeah. Um, do I think Dyche would have been able to 
get us promoted with crop of players that was brought in. Uh, I don't. I think their Pozzo's brought their own man in because they knew their plan was, right, we're going to bring a smattering of players from Udinese, who they own, mm-hmm. and uh, Granada, who they owned at the time as well. With this foreign influx of players coming in, would Sean Deutsch have maybe been able to, to get a tune out of them? I don't think so because they... And I mean this with no disrespect to Deutsch or Burnley, but Deutsch is very one-dimensional with how he wants to play because he's got the players to do it and it works. And like I say, that's no disrespect to him. I think if it gets your results, fair fair game, do it. But with the players that he was brought in, it was very clear that we were going for a change of um, personnel and change of style of how we wanted to do things. And just to say, Dan, don't want to rub it in at all, but Watford are four points and two positions above you at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. But that, that's definitely jinxed us now, Chris. <laughs> Dan, Dan knows what I'm like. He, he knew there'd be an insult coming on the end of my comments about him somewhere. I mean, you can see from the shirt behind me, a signed Ranieri shirt there from the season you won it. You know, this is, we, we hold this guy. And the reception he got, on, on Sunday was absolutely amazing. Near he, yeah, I mean, he was he was nearly in tears. But once obviously the whistle went, then it's a different matter. But he, he he did struggle the next season, and he had to go. Unfortunately, because we were flirting with that with that relic. I think we were sort of seventeenth at one point, if not eighteenth. Um, so you know, he he'd made his changes. He'd gone into Fulham, but not been able to keep them up. What were your thoughts when you first heard that it was Ranieri that was coming in? Uh, I was happy with it. You know, you look at his CV, he's got an incredible CV, mm-hmm. hasn't he? Um, so I, yeah. I I was very happy with it. Yes, he didn't do well with Fulham. Uh, and again, I'm slagging off a lot of clubs here now. But I, And again, I mean this with no disrespect to Fulham. But I like to think that the foundations that we have in place, uh, behind the scenes, etc., uh, are stronger than perhaps when he went into Fulham. Um, yes, the the yes. foundations which Nigel Pearson left for Ranieri to build on. Obviously, he won in the league. I'm not expecting that yep. with Ranieri for us, uh, as, as, <laughs> as nice as it would be. But it's clear and evident to see that if he's left with the foundations, he, he can he, he can do a good job. Uh, and it's evident to see um, how he wants to set us up at the moment. It's just a shame that our defence just does not want to play ball. And, you know, um, we are struggling a lot with defensive injuries, so that's not going to help matters. But you can see what he's trying to do. We feel, attacking we feel wise, your pain on that one, Mike. We really yeah. Uh, Attacking-wise, <laughs> we, we look superb, but defensively, mm. uh, he, he, it's almost like he's, he, he, he's trying to do what he can, but he's just being let down by the defenders on the pitch. So um, I, I, was, I, I was happy with it. I, I thought, yeah, good appointment. Knows the league. Um not afraid to come up against the big boys, you know, whether he's done it for Liverpool, whether he's done it for Chelsea in the past. He, he knows how to beat these big teams. So yeah. I, I was I was very, very happy with the appointment. Liverpool, I think, was his first game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was... And, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was a baptism <laughs> with fire, that one. And yeah. You've got to kind of say... With, with the first games are always difficult because you, you are expecting a new manager bounce. But when your first game is Liverpool and, and he's come in completely sort of, you know, from, 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 from Italy. But since after that, I mean, you then lost, I think, obviously to Watford. Um, but then it started, you, you got the, um, the Newcastle draw, the Norwich win. Well, that was a big win for you. Um, 
and wolves, but and but it's been kind of mixed, right? And oh no, I'm going backwards. I'm going backwards. Yeah. I'm scolding yeah, backwards. Um, <laughs> Ranieri's first game was the five nil yeah. loss. The five -nil. Uh, we, and then you got. We, I was waiting for the Everton result to come yeah. up. Right? I don't know where it was. I was scolding down instead of up. Um, but yeah, I mean, what a game against Everton. Honestly, uh, the, Watford are one of them teams at the moment. My, my boss summed it up perfectly to me. He's an Arsenal fan. And he said Watford are the team at the moment in, the, in, in any league that you just wouldn't bet on. Because you don't know if they're going to lose. You don't know if they're going to win. We, there's no in-between with us at the moment. We lost to Liverpool 5-0. We got an absolute tonking. And then... The next week, we played Everton and we conceded even earlier than we did against Liverpool. And I was sat there and I was thinking, please don't do this again. And then we go yeah. and win 5-2. And it was incredible. And going forward, like I say, we were brilliant. At the back, questionable again, but that we, we have our problems at the moment because of injuries. And then I thought, right, you know, this is, you know, Ranieri didn't quite have the first new manager bounce that we expected or hoped, but yeah. I thought, right, this is it now. We've won that game quite emphatically. The players will be on a high. Let's go and do something else. The next game after that, we lose 1-0 at home to Southampton. Another game which we should really be winning or at least taking a point from. And it's like, yeah. oh, Christ. And then we've been on this horrible, horrible run where um, we've had Arsenal, Man U, Leicester, uh, we've got Chelsea tomorrow, then yeah, we've got Man yeah. City at home. So you're looking at those five games and you're thinking, crap, we're in trouble here. We've obviously beaten Man U. Um, we, we, we couldn't quite get a, a result against you boys, but we... You know, th there's been some performances like you know we we lose to. It's given to you hope, hasn't it? I I think so. It's just so topsy turvy at the moment. I just don't know what to expect from us game by game. Yes. Um, obviously beating you, you'd think, yeah, it'd give you a boy, the boys a massive, massive, you know, confidence boost, and we go into this the, the game against you lot and. You, you know, you, you've said it yourself, you guys have been struggling as well. So yeah, we would have been looking yeah. at that thinking the least we can do is come away with a point at Leicester. We don't do. And then we've blooming up Chelsea and Man City the next two games. So <laughs> it really wouldn't surprise me. We'll either get absolutely tongued yeah. against both of them or we'll we'll pull out a freak result. So it's it's frustrating, but you can see yeah. what Ranieri is trying to do. And, and I, I think it'll click. I think it'll keep us up. I really, really do. But we have to get defensive um, enforcements in in January. It's always tough in January transfer window because you're never going to get someone's best defender or best player. But we have yeah. to try and do something in terms of getting defenders through the door because we're going to lose a hell of a lot of players to AFCON as well. And our injury oh. list was released today. Yeah. Um, SAR's going to be out for a, at least a month. Uh, Emmanuel Dennis is injured because he picked up a knock against you boys. Ben Foster's injured for at least a month. Our new defensive, uh, our new defender who we signed on a free a couple of weeks ago, he's injured for at least a month. So we we need bodies in in January, and if we make the right signings, Ranieri he, he's got us firing on all cylinders with the front three. Um, we're probably going to struggle a little bit now because we don't know how long Dennis is out for and Sar's going to be out for a while. And if he does go to Afghan, we're going to struggle as well. But I think Ranieri's got the right ideas and knows what he's doing. I think he'll keep us up, absolutely. 
you could almost be talking about our season <laughs> as well there. It's like almost word for word. But uh, we're going to look at the game now and, and and very quickly. I mean, neither of us were there, but obviously we've both seen highlights or seen the match. Yeah, uh, I watched the we'll match, be, yeah. We'll, we'll be back straight after this. Yeah, if you go on to the BBC website, as you know, every Tuesday they have a Tuesday talking point for each team. Um, unfortunately, I'm the one that does it for Leicester, so you've got to read me. And funny enough, just talking about what Mike was talking about, this week I've actually called it a week is a lifetime in football. You know, they say a week is a long time in politics. A week ago we were all sat here like, hmm. Yeah, well, what's going to happen with our season? Since then, we've 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 gone out. We've we've beaten uh, Legia Warsaw in the Europa League. We've gone from bottom to top of that group. Um, we've beaten Yuga. It, it's such. Uh, it's two games on, and and we're like we've sat here with with big smiles with with the Jeremy Clarkson smug face. But you go on and say it's BBC website, BBC Football, Leicester City homepage, and the Tuesday Talking Point. You can have a read. As well as listen to me, you can read me as well. But uh, it was a little bit, well, I mean, here's for me is the picture of the day. You know, I mean, it's almost like spot the ball. I actually thought, I think we were 3-1 up at the time. Because if you see the first goal, there wasn't any snow anywhere. And it comes to the second, you know, the, the, the last few goals. And, you know, we had to stop the game, didn't they, to, to clear the lines. I thought this is going to get called off. Typical because we're winning. Would I believe your goalkeeper? It wasn't Ben Foster, but I believe your goalkeeper was actually calling for it to be um, called off. I'm not surprised. It was it yeah. was terrible. I managed to find a stream for the game, and that second half when we scored that second with Emmanuel Dennis. Um, mm. I, I didn't know it went in. I had to wait for the commentator. Yeah. I had to wait for the, the, yeah. the crowd to cheer. I was like, has it gone in? Has it gone in? And uh, yeah, he, I saw Backman complaining in goal for us, but uh, the less said about his performance, the better, which is uh, a shame because uh, he's been, uh, he's been, he's been voiced in his um, disapproval of him not being in the team over Ben Foster. And then he gets his chance and, doesn't have the best of games, so yeah. No, no. I, I'm, I'm completely with you there. That your, your, your second goal. I was, I was watching it, and I couldn't see. He'd kicked it. I couldn't tell where the ball had gone. <laughs> Literally, yeah. you know, it could have gone anywhere. There's rumours as well. I don't know how this true is, and, and, I, and I think it's a bit unsportsmanlike if it's true that James Madison shouted to leave the ball for the first goal. Yeah, I I I heard that as well. I think Musa Sissoko said in our pre-match interview um, on on our website on the what website uh, that he gave, saying that he he heard a call and uh, something similar happened to us a few years ago when Chalaba was about to shoot. Harry Arter shouted, "Leave it!" So he left it, and then Harry Arter got the ball, and and the the attack sort of crumbled. So. Um, if it is true, yeah, it's very unsportsmanlike. It should be a free kick in the yellow cards. But at the end of the day, that's not defendable for me. Um, truce to Kong, he's, you've got to head it clear. If Backman did shout for it, give him a grilling after. Say, listen, mate, I shouted for that. 
deal with it after, at least the dangers averted. The fact that he ducked under the ball, it should be natural for him to go in. I, I was really disappointed with Truce to Kong's performance and I, I have been for the last few. Um, I, I thought he, he was he was at fault for a number of things um, on, yeah. on Sunday's game. And, yeah. It's just, I, I, you know, I mean, you know, if... I... If it was um, your goalkeeper that, that shouted for it, it looks a bit odd because you would have thought you would have then been coming for it, which he wasn't. Yeah. But that said, you know, whether he gets the shout or not, he couldn't probably see Madison. He could see Vardy and thought he was the main threat. There was nobody in front of him. Just just play safe. I think, I think you know, as a defender, if in doubt or whatever, just boot it into Rosehead. Absolutely. I completely agree. We, I, I said the exact same thing on my podcast last night. Uh, I, I said, you, you have to, you cannot take those chances. Like I said, if Backman did call it and then choose to come cleared it, let them have a go at each other as much as they want. At least yeah. the danger was averted. But you cannot take those sort of chances. And, you know, it, it, it's all if if and buts. If he did shout for it, if Madison did shout for it to leave it. But at the end of the yeah. day, it's professional football. We have to be a bit more savvy. I think Ben Foster picked, on it, uh, picked up on it a few weeks ago when we played at Arsenal. Danny Rose kicked the ball out because our player was down. Um, then... Arsenal played on and eventually scored from it. And yeah, they probably should have played it back. But at the end of the day, you have to be smart, especially in the yeah. Premier League. You'll get punished. And we, we have done yeah. twice now. So Yes. And then, I mean, I'm starting a crowdfunding page up to buy uh, Wilfred Ndidi, one of those um, um, great things you put around your, around your ankles when you, the police <laughs> let you out. Because yeah. It should go off and give him an electric shock every time he sets foot in our penalty box. I mean, he's a great, great player. Don't get me wrong. Fantastic. First name on the sheet every time. But my God, he likes giving penalties away. It was two in two games, you know. And I mean, it's a penalty because it, it touched his hand. You know, you. I think I'd, you could argue that, you know, maybe if Sancho hadn't of got a touch on it, then it, it wouldn't have gone to his hand, but he shouldn't have had his hand up there anyway. You know, and I thought, well, there we go. You know, we've not had a clean sheet all season, and you know about that as well. We well, we had one on the first day, and that's been it, which I think is one more than you. So there was always going to be goals. Um, but you got the penalty. Yeah, I I, I think Emmanuel Dennis, I think it was that one. I, I don't recall there being uh, the ball being handled. I thought it was more that um indeed he um Kicked Emmanuel Dennis. Um, I, 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 no, I think because he went up, his hands were up. Right, because it came across, it could have caught his hand as or arm as far as I know. Yeah, I mean, uh, Emmanuel Dennis is, is a handful for us. He, he's vastly becoming mm. my favourite Watford player since Troy Deeney left, and he, he's just brilliant. And it's a shame that he's injured. He picked up a knock, I think it was when he was chasing the ball down in the second half. I can't remember who it was that um, yeah. actually clipped him, but um. Yeah, it's it's frustrating because he's been doing really, really well. And as I mentioned earlier, that with that African Cup of Nations, um, he's not been called up to Nigeria yet. And the, the form he was in, it was surely only a matter of time and we would have lost him as well. So um, he's, he's a right handful, as you guys saw. And uh, yeah, I thought it was a really good penalty from Josh King. It, it was a good height for Schmeichel, but I think there was that much power on it. Um, it, it's it's nice to see someone be able to do that since 
since the departure yeah. of Troy because Troy always used to just thump it down the middle and, and that was your goal. So, um, yeah. yeah, happy for Josh King. He's got his fifth of the season. Emmanuel Dennis, fifth of the season. So, our regular thump three now between them have 15 goals already so far, which is brilliant for a team where we are in the table. So, yeah. it shows we got yeah. the firepower, but at the back, we're not we're not as good. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about it. Tell us about it. We're we're on a thing like yeah, you score two, we'll score three, sort of thing. Yeah. Talking of scoring goals, you know, the old man came out and and got a couple back. You know, every season I'm saying, is this going to be his last season? Is this going to be his last season? I don't know when it is going to be his last <laughs> season, but you know, I mean, that chip he had in from the byline, how he got that in, I don't know. It was a it was amazing. Yeah, he always seems to score against us. Bardi does. He's one of them players, and uh, it's usually what he does is he he will find space. He you know he plays off the last man, and he will um, he will find space, run off his last man, go through one on one, and then the keeper has no choice but to try and win the ball. And they usually, because of the pace of Vardy, bring him down. And then he wins a penalty and he'll probably score the resulting penalty. But uh, yeah, it was a brilliant goal from Vardy the, to chip it in from that angle. Uh, brilliant. I think he's, I, I can't remember whether it was his first one or his second one where he headed, he peeled off his man at a corner. Uh, the, 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 the one from the corner. Yeah, that was his, I second, thought, his second one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really poor marking from Josh King. Um, Josh King's just jumped up for the sake of looking like he's trying to win it, but he's lost his marker way too easily. And um, my co-host mentioned earlier um, in, in our podcast, that's not the first time where the marking's been a bit iffy from, from corners. I think Josh King was marking Cristiano Ronaldo at the weekend. Luckily for us, he didn't danger us, but you'd surely have a defender on someone as potent as him. And same with Jamie Vardy. So to have a striker mark him, I really don't understand what, what the purpose behind that was. You're, but you're brilliant talking header. to the team that is that is um, promoting zonal marking at the moment. So <laughs> we're, we're, we don't like it and we're all with you on that one, you know. Uh, yeah. And not so long ago, Jamie Vardy did exactly the same, but into his own net. So it's nice that he can do it at the other end as well. Uh, Beyond the 90, Neil, good evening. How the devil are you, sir? Um, the photos of Claudio having pictures with the Leicester faithful. He is, he is such a lovely, lovely bloke. He really is. He can't... Um, we should have a statue to him, but, you know, we probably never will, you know. And Then you got it back to 3-2. And I've got to be honest with you, I thought, here we go. You know, because <laughs> it's always going to be on the card. Claudio coming back. Um the game wasn't going to be called off at that, but by by then, you know, it was sixty minutes. It looked like it was going to be playing on. It was tending to sort of stop snowing a little bit. Although at that point, like I, like we both said earlier, I couldn't see the ball going in. I was looking: has it gone in? Has it gone wide? <laughs> Did Casper grab it? Um, at three-two, I was thinking, yeah, yeah, this is the comeback. And did you think at that point it was possibly you could get a point? Absolutely. Um, I, and it's a credit to our front three this season. You know, 3-1 down. Most teams, you'd think down and out. Yeah, there's plenty of time back in the game. But Emmanuel Dennis doing what Emmanuel Dennis has been doing so far this season. Pressing. Um, whether the weather had anything to do with it, I, I can't remember who. I think it was Castagna that got caught on the ball. Um, and yeah. then he went down. Um, and 
when when that goal went in, because of the weather, I mean, it's the same for both teams, but you just did not know. If, would either keeper be struggling with salt? Would anyone be struggling? Yeah. And it could have really been a free-for-all. But yeah, when that when that second goal went in for us, I thought we got plenty of time here. We keep pressing because I, I genuinely think that going forward, we looked really, really good. But it was just defensively. I've had a few of my mates who are Leicester fans saying, going forward, you, you look... You, you look very, very good. Yeah. But the, yeah. defensively, we, we were all over the place, which what cost us. But absolutely, at 3-2, I thought, yes, we got a chance here. But that Lookman goal killed it stone dead. Yeah. That knocked the winds massively out of our sails, yeah. that did. We, we have a habit, Lester, of doing this. And, I, and I'm surprised that teams are getting caught out like this because it's always you're always told, whether you're doing kids' football or, or whatever, that... The, the the times that you've got to be really, really on, on your game and really concentrate is just after you've scored. Yeah. And we've got a habit of recently of when the opposing team score, we will get a goal within the next five or six minutes after that. And we did it twice <laughs> with yourselves. Um, and I thought, I mean, Luckman, he's, he's had a, he scored twice this season, but both times it was ruled out by VAR. So it was nice to see him get one and I think he's going to be a great player for us and I just you've got him on loan hopefully we're going to go and sign him but yeah. I think at 4-2 I must admit I, I was sat there and I did go phew <laughs> thank God for that you know Absolutely. and then just praying that it wasn't going to get called off yeah I mean there, there was the talking point of Adam Messina for us being tackled in the build-up I can't remember who it was um, that that was there was a coming together in the middle, but um, I am yeah. I'm obviously going to say that I think it was a foul because I'm a Watford fan and I've got my Watford tinted glasses on. But uh, I, I do think that VAR let us down there. They didn't even look at it. I don't think. But as you say, you, you're at your most vulnerable when you've just scored, and it's it's rookie stuff, as you say. You, you taught it yeah. from from a small age, so. Yeah, really disappointing because we then had seven minutes of injury time, and you know, know if, yes, if it was yeah. three two, and we we still after that fourth, after considering the fourth, we we were still pressing, but mm. yeah, three two with seven minutes injury time, anything could have happened. You know, we we no stranger to a late goal between the two, and I'm I'm not even talking about that Troy Deeney one. I think there was a stat that came out before the game where four of the last five games between Watford and Leicester have had a goal in injury time. And the one yeah, game that he didn't, there was a red card in the injury time. So, plenty of late <laughs> drama between the two teams. And, yeah, but that fourth goal, when that went in, I just thought, for God's sake. And I was I was praying that we didn't concede anymore because we, we looked yeah. like a wounded animal when that went in. Andrew, your jokes are worse than mine. And that is really saying something. You know, <laughs> Rebecca Vardy in the jungle, Jamie Vardy dancing on ice. Don't give up the day job, Andy, whatever you do. Um, I mean, yes, I mean, I mean, I get the seven minutes injury time, although again, I, as a left, I'm going like, oh God, really? Well, you know, but of course, they had to clear, they had to clear the lines and uh, uh, um, so they could be seen again. I think had it stayed at 3 2 and we not got that fourth goal, like you say, I think you would, I think knowing, knowing Leicester and how we've been this season, I honestly think you'd have got a point off us. Yeah, I mean, we had that chance where Kiko Femini crossed the ball in and uh, Erzan Tufam slid in. And 
especially in that weather, you've just got to go for it. You know, whether Schmeichel yeah. doesn't see it, whether the zip of the ball helps it on its way, you've just got to go for it. And it was a whisk wide of the post. So, uh, and I think that was at 4-2. So, like you say, if that fourth goal doesn't go in, 3-3, three, three, seven minutes yeah. of injury time as well. So, if you score early doors and you, you've equalised in injury time, you, the, the wind could be in your sails, but it's all ifs and buts, unfortunately, as you say, it, it wasn't to be. You did, but you did I, hit the post as well, didn't you, with a great shot? Yeah, I think that was in the first half. That was in the there was first another half. chance was as well. Um, mm-hmm. There was in the second half, it, it baffled me. We had Chucho Hernandez on the edge of the box, and all Chucho Hernandez seems to do, he seems to be a little bit of a one trick pony at times. All he likes right. to do, he, first game of the season, he had the ball on the edge of the 18, and he curled it in, and he scored. Brilliant goal. Ever since then, that's all he tries to do is shoot from the 18 and curl it into the far corner. He had a perfect opportunity to do that against Schmeichel, but he passed it to Josh King and then Josh King put it wide. Why for the life of me he tried that, I do not know. It was a massive let-off for uh, Schmeichel and Leicester, but I suppose when when you're losing, your your head might not not be there. The snow might have played a big part, but yeah, Yeah. it, it was disappointing from our point of view, absolutely. Two questions before I let you go, if that's okay. First one, yep. how big a miss is Troy Dean Deeney going to be? And did, was it right <laughs> that he went now? Yeah, um, you, you're speaking to possibly one of the biggest Troy Deeney fans uh, in in the in planet Earth, to be honest, mate. I, I, whether it's because he's from Birmingham as well and he, he played for Watford, he, I, I don't know. But... Um, you ask most Watford fans on social media, they will say that he should have gone a few years ago. That might surprise a few listening to this. Uh, yeah. It is quite evident. You know, I do have to sort of be a bit level-headed with it sometimes and, and not be too much of a fanboy. But um, it, it is evident the last couple of seasons with Watford, he wasn't up to the standard that he was before. Um it was, yeah. I mean, you boys bid thirty million for him the season that you you, you won the league. So it's evident that there was a good player in there, and he, he I I truly believe he was worth it at one stage, and he, he was one of Watford's highest paid players for a reason, and he scored all the goals he has. Do I think we miss him in a footballing ability? I don't. Uh, that's the first time I've admitted that as well. So there's probably a few oh, Watford yeah. fans watching that thinking, oh my God, Mike's just actually said something negative about Troy Deeney. But um, I think Josh King is the striker that we've needed for the last couple of seasons, whereas Troy's been trying to fill that role. It's now evident as well that, um, obviously being from where I'm from, um, he's gone to Birmingham City. I've got a load of Birmingham City supporting mates. Uh, they don't think he's had the best start to these Birmingham City career. Do I think the time was right? I think so. I think he realised that he wasn't going to get as many chances this season, so he bowed out. As James says there, that comment at the bottom, yeah. he is coming back tomorrow for his first game since leaving. He's, he's a special guest of the club for the Chelsea game tomorrow. Uh, I think the only department we're missing him uh, we miss him in, rather, is his vocal presence, his leadership yeah. skills, and in the dressing room. You, you, you look at some of the get, performances. He did yeah. seem to get linked, though, to Leicester every, virtually <laughs> every season. And it was like, oh, hang on, we need to negotiate a new uh, contract with the Watford board. I tell you, what, we'll say Leicester are interested in us, and we'll get we'll get another contract signed, we'll get an extension. And that's all yeah. it seemed to be, you know, but... Uh, 
you, you, just to give you, you can have your moment here. We're going to say hello to Maisie from Devils United. Great channel. Get over there and give her a follow if anybody's watching it. Uh, she's Man United fan, but she does do a lot of women's football and a lot of non-Man United stuff. Um, but you know, just to say, Mike, was it how was it four two? You beat United. 4-1, 4-1. Oh, no, that's right. You beat them 4-1. We beat them 4-2. Maisie, <laughs> hello. How the devil are you? Welcome along. <laughs> I'll teach you to pop in, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I don't know. Man United, I could, I could be talking about Man United all night. Thanks for coming on. But last question, and I mean, about 30 now will be the last question. Hopes for what for this season? And will Ranieri be there at the end? Simply to stay up, mate. Uh, I will absolutely slap your, you know, I, I will slap your hand off to, to 17th, staying up by goal difference, which is better than one. I, I will take that all yeah. day. I will, yeah, I, I, I would give a lot of money for that to happen. Um, it simply has to be, you know, for teams can come up and be as, um, ambitious as they want, but they would tell you if you offer them 17th at the end of the season and they'd just come back up, yeah. you would take it. We, we had five seasons in the Premier League before we got relegated in 1920. Um, so we, we were on the well on the way to establishing, uh, yeah, two thousand. You're dragging your history up there, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, 2019 20 season, so um. <laughs> Yeah, we. Oh, um, I see what you mean. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> we had five seasons, so we were well on our way to establishing ourselves as a Premier yes, League side. Yeah. So we're no stranger to the Premier League, and the fact that we come back up at the first time of asking was brilliant. But we have to be realistic. We have to take seventeenth. Do I think that Claudio Ranieri will be there? I do. I think we have to have a good January transfer window. As I said earlier, it is a little bit difficult to do so because teams aren't going to sell their best players in Jan and no, it's no. very limited who you can buy. But as long as we, we, we're sensible and buy positions that we need, defence, basically, um, I think Claudio Ranieri will keep us up because it's evident to see how he's trying to play. We're just being let down by the number of injuries. Um I think it's going to be very, very tight. The injury list, which was released today on our social media, um, does not make for good reading whatsoever. So it's not great news, especially with two big games coming up, Chelsea, Man City. Um, yeah. But once we've done them, um, hopefully a little bit more of an easier, I say easier, you know, no games easy in the Prem, but an easier yeah. running. And hopefully we can pick up some points. And uh, yeah, I think Ranieri will be there at the end of the season. And I will take, I will take 17th all day. Well, good luck. I, I must admit, I always like to see, and no disrespect when I call you a small club, because I still, I still class Leicester as a small club. You know, we absolutely you are. To the so-called Sky's, you know, favourite six. But uh -huh. I would love to see clubs like yourself stop up, Brentford, mm. Leeds, and, and then you, the bigger clubs. And it isn't going to happen, but I'd love to see Newcastle go down this season. The I think it will. Richest club in the world when they get relegated. I think it will. So he will. I don't know if Eddie Howe's the man, but... Um, no. You know, we we will see. We will see. Mike, just give you just give your channels a quick shout out again. 
Yeah, uh, so on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Voices of the Vic. And on Facebook, it's at Voices of the Vic. We're also on YouTube. So again, just search Voices of the Vic. Um, you can get us on any podcast provider, smart speaker, everything. And uh, my personal account is at Mike Duffy underscore 26. Brilliant. Mike, it's been great to have you on. Obviously, I probably enjoyed it a little bit more because we won. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. No, I'm, no. Not, I'm, not, I'm not really. I'm not really. But it's been great to go up to you with having the Nigel Pearson and, mm. and Claudia Ranieri link as well. It's been great. And uh, take care. Good luck for the rest of the season, except when you play us, of course. I hope you stay up, guys, and we'll speak soon. Thank you very much for having me. Take care. Cheers, Mike. All the best. Stay safe. Oh, thanks a lot to Mike there, brilliant guy. Well, I mean, yeah, I'd forgotten about Nigel Pearson until he mentioned him, to be honest with you. But what what a, what a nice guy. Yeah, get over there. And his link's gonna be in the in, in the YouTube description um at the end of this show. So get on there, click over and give him your support. Um this well, this is the first of three today. I'm gonna need to suck a fisherman's friend by the end of the night. Wonder where he is though. I'll see if he's home. <laughs> this is up next. Same channel, same place, but different link. Seven o'clock, sloppy seconds, Southampton. Got Southampton tomorrow night, and yours truly is going. All I will say is, last time I went to watch Leicester play Southampton at Southampton at night, we won 9-0. Could it? Thanks for watching. I want to say thank you to uh, everybody that was uh, that joined in the comments. Watford Way, Devils United, Maisie, Andrew, Neil at Beyond the 90 LFC, Jason, Rich, uh, Dan at Turf Morehouse, Brad. Uh, thanks all for popping on. I will be back in about 32 minutes. <laughs> I, need to, I need to go and get changed. I can't wear the same. I can't wear the same. <laughs> see, you in, uh, see you at seven. Good night. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Thank you for watching. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV for all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels for the latest updates and news. Come on, you foxes!
Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.